Hi, welcome to Video Games Industry People. I'm Shiraz Yousaf, stand-up comedian. I'm here talking today to Gorm Lai and Johan Yeslam, if I'm pronouncing it right. I caught them at a recent Computer Games Expo, but uh, it's a little bit noisy where, where I was. Uh, I, I tried my best to get the quietest place, so there's a bit of background noise, but it's not too bad. I'm talking to them about their game Fugal, which is more of a meditative experience. Uh, you just play the game. You don't kill anything, there's no real objective. You just play it. Um, and it's, it's really relaxing. So I talked to them about their mindset behind the game, what they're trying to achieve, what their objective outside the game is. Um, it's a really interesting podcast. So have a good listen and I will see you on the other side of the podcast. So I'm here with uh, Johan and Gorm. Johan, what's his surname? Uh, Yeslan. Yeslan. Johan Yeslan and Gorm Lai. Yeah. See, I thought Gorm Lai was more of like a an Asian name like Asian Thai or something like that. A lot of people think that apparently the truth is it might be Sicilian. My girlfriend is Italian she says uh, a lot of families in Italy are called Lai. Okay. Um, so it comes from my grandfather's farm was called Lai Farm like in Danish Lai Gaul. I see I see okay. So that he took that as a family name. Okay. So probably someone from Sicily uh, owned the farm before. I right, think, yeah. but, you, but you are Danish. I am Danish, yeah. And um, Norwegian, yeah. yeah, yeah, Danish and Norwegian. And uh, we, I was playing your game. It's pronounced fuel. It's pronounced. It's spelled F-U-G-L, which yeah. is a Norwegian name. In English, we say fugal. Fugal. Yeah, yeah. I was calling it fugal. I was asking fugal. everyone, do you know where fugal is? Fugal. <laughs> like you're really British. It is fugal. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the name of your uh, com- company now? Because you've worked on lots of projects. I know. Um, so we're just calling ourselves Team Fool. Oh, you are Team Fool? Okay. We are Team, team Fool. Fool. Yeah. yeah, because we don't really have a company. We do it through different companies. He has his company, I have my company. Okay. So it's all separated, basically. Yeah. Okay. So um, just to, to repeat, you've, you've met each other over Twitter. Yeah. And, who's, and it was your idea for the game? Or actually, uh, what happened was that I met another guy and he knew, he talked about Gorm and that, that I should try to hire him but I at the time I didn't realize it was the same guy kind of so it okay. was like a little bit luck and a little bit connections you could say okay so yeah. it kind of reinforced your chat yeah. that this yeah, yeah absolutely is the real deal yeah yeah okay so yeah but you came up with the initial idea of fuel explain it to me in um, in your own words what is this game well it's it's like it's my dream game you know from from growing up Okay. In, the, in the 80s, uh, I mean, I was really into flight simulators since the first fly, you know, flight simulator I saw in like 82 or something, you know, running on a PC. Yeah. And it was uh, t- totally mesmerizing to me. And uh, so I always kind of followed flight simulators and uh, what happened with them, but it, I didn't think it was going in the right direction basically because it was always about, you know, simulating the technical aspects of flying and flying really high above the terrain. And uh, I wanted to, to, you know, experience more the feeling of flying and flying with love, uh, you know, close to the terrain. Mm. But when you do that, the kind of all the textures break up and you see like huge polygons. So it doesn't really make any sense and it doesn't work. So uh, with this game, I, I want to make this game that I want to play when I was younger. 
and, uh, and, and uh, it was about flying and only flying and the feeling of flying but also and trying to enhance that as much as possible okay. uh, so that's where the voxels come in because the voxels are true three-dimensional so you can have like overhangs and uh, caves and stuff like that that's fun to fly by yes no i was having a go in it now and it yeah. is it's very relaxing it's a yeah. very relaxing game uh -huh. Um, and they give it a good sense of uh, scale, so the boxes, because they all like one by one or whatever you set this, it gets you kind of like a very nice sense of scale and speed. Yeah. So it's very easy to, for for a programmer or designer to see how it would feel and how far things are apart. Yes. It would be much more difficult in an ordinary game. Mm. It's not voxel based. No. So no. the voxels are really really helpful to yeah, get that feeling. What I figured out by experimenting is that because I started making you know a world uh, earlier for another game and it's like. Uh, this is not, you know, this is not going fast enough, you know, I tried to scale it up and stuff, but it didn't kind of work. So okay. I, I figured out that you need kind of a good sense of scale to kind of, to get a good sense of speed. Okay. Yeah, and that's where the box is really helpful, because have you seen one, you know the size of them, you know, so it and gives you a reference point. Okay, I see, mm. I see, yeah, because it's all about the feel, the feel of the game. Yeah. That's what you're trying to achieve, mm -hmm. I, I think. Mm. Why, why, why did you start working on this game? Obviously, this is Johan's dream game. Yeah. Why, why did you pick it up and think this is, this is a, a good idea? So, I think for the last many years, I've mostly worked on uh, indie games. I've worked on Limbo and other titles, and I thought, yes. this sounds really interesting. I, uh, I had a common friend who's also... Uh, in Denmark, kind of like a local famous indie guy, and then he recommended Johan. I said, "Oh, this sounds interesting." And uh, yeah, and in the beginning, I didn't know him, but he was willing to pay me. Okay. So I thought, it's a guy with money with an interesting project. Let's see where it goes. <laughs> Is that yeah. quite, that's quite rare in indie, isn't it? Someone yeah. with money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I had the policy at the time, you know, it's uh, also as a contract program where you want to mostly work on your own games, but you can work on other people's games if they have, you know, if you're willing to, if they can help you pay the rent, basically. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's it. Back in Leeds. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> at the time I lived uh, in Peckham. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. I went to Peckham the other day. Um, it seems... Like it might be dangerous, but I think it's all right now. <laughs> I really, really uh, like Peckham. I miss Peckham a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, how long has the game been in development? Ah, uh, four years. Oh, four years almost, now. Almost four years. But now it's it's on Steam. It's on early access. Yes. People can buy it now. Yeah. And where, when did it go? When did it actually get released on the Steam? When did you do that? 12th of September last year, I think. Mm. Okay. Or 14th, yeah. Mm. So you've had a good few months. Mm. And um, how how do you, how's it all going? I mean, how what's the feedback? What's the download? Are you? Are you I, I think it's like going very well uh, from a feedback point of view. I think we're I mean we're at 85 percent positive at Steam. That's great. I think it's good. But the most negative reviews we get is about is the game not running or technical oh. problems it's okay. not really about the game being bad per se yes so I think that's uh, much better than I hoped for because it's like it's a game that's lacking uh, objectives and goals and what normal people yeah. that play games want in the game yes. it's kind of lacking in this game so but still people pick it up and, and like it and play yeah, it. So. You said the biggest challenge there is there's a lot of gamers or people who really want to play those kind of games who are not traditional gamers. So they don't, and, and Fool is a very kind of like performance, it really, it's best experience like at high resolution and great performance. So you, it's, 
it's best if you have a really strong computer. Yeah. And a lot of the people who really like food are maybe people who don't really, they're not really that much into hardware. I see. So they, they're like, they have like an Intel-based machine or something like that. So that's, that's been our biggest challenge, I think, kind of like making sure it runs on previous generations of hardware. Ah, uh, right. Because that's one of the things I kind of noticed, uh, and I said to your, your PR slash marketing slash girlfriend lady, <laughs> um, I said, well, what's, what's my objective? She said, well, you, you, you kind of make your own objective. Mm -hmm. um, is this something that, this is obviously something intentional that from the outset you said, well, you know, we don't want these kind of, a game where you have to do or get something, you just, you just play it. Yeah, 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 because like, uh, I, I I like games, but I, I rarely play them because uh, first of all I find them restricted, very linear, and also uh, I, I tend to get stuck a lot, like very very soon, like in the like in the Witcher 3 game when I played it, like the first when you get control of the character, you know you take a bath and you go step out of the bath and you have to exit the room. I could not figure out how to exit the room. You know, right. even with the game explaining to me, I feel so stupid, you know, <laughs> and I think that's like, I think that's like, and I spent like 15 minutes getting out of the room and getting more and more frustrated. And I think that is like something that is common for people who don't play games yeah. because yeah. there's a lot of rules that are not really communicated. It's implicit in, in, um, in, the, in games themselves. Uh, they have some rules, some culture, some ways of doing stuff that's been uh, with us since the 70s, 80s. And it's not for people who don't play games. They don't. It's like same with the controller. You right. know, if you've used the controller for, before, you understand how to use it. But uh, if you have never seen a controller no. before, it's like what? What is this? Is you know, this? it's like what do I do? So many buttons. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's like a barrier. I think it's a, it's a huge barrier to get into games for most people. Okay. Because it's just too many things you have to know that is not explained, and and uh, also games themselves have a lot of rules that you have to follow and stuff like that. So I just think it's too complex. I think I mean. I would love to make a game that appeals to non-gamers, you know, that everybody could play. Actually, we were talking about it today, that it seems there are fewer people this year compared to two years ago that are asking, so what do you do in this game? Oh, really? Yeah, it seems like uh, kind of this, uh, this idea that you make your own journey is becoming more commonplace and more people are... It, gaming is becoming more inclusive, perhaps. Oh, right, okay. Mm, so. so that, I mean, that's quite a, a mainstream thing to hit people who, who don't play games. Mm -hmm. People yeah. who just watch TV or mm -hmm. watch a film. Mm -hmm. That's your market, that's what you're aiming for then. Yeah, I mean, there's a much bigger market going after the people who don't play games than the, than the people that play games. And if you look at like games uh, that made done really, really well the last few years, like Candy Crush. Oh, yes. It's like, this is a game that appeals to people who don't play games. Most of the people who play Candy Crush, they never played another game, you know? Yeah. They just play Candy Crush. Yes, yes. And they might not even look at it at, as a game per se, you know? Right, right. It's something different. And well, I think this is very interesting. No, it's, I, I mean, I, I'm doing another podcast with a guy who's been around the industry for a long time, and he said Candy Crush is aimed at 40 year old housewives. Yeah. That's, which is a big demographic. Yeah. yeah. 
So but, the thing with the, with your game, like, like you said, it runs um, best on like a high performance machine. Is that, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So what about getting it onto phones? Is that is that something you think that can happen? So it's going to happen. It it originated on iOS. Okay. It uh, still runs really well on iOS. Okay. Um, we have to a bit of challenge. We have to kind of like squeeze it into some of the older iPads and that sort of stuff. But it runs now. Okay. Uh, and we're going to get it on the Android phones also. Yes. Yeah. That's definitely in the plan within the next few months I would say like three 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 to six months it's gonna happen on Android I think because I can see you hitting all the angry tube people if you can get it on the iPhones and iPads all the people that are angry on a tube and, and the Candy Crush people those are your people as well are they not? yeah yeah mm. absolutely it's, it's like a couch kind of game or waiting for the tram or tube, yeah. being on a tube kind of game where you kind of just want to escape yes for a few seconds but don't want to start a game and set it up and la 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 but just jump in and jump out yeah. you know without having to yeah I think okay. I think um, PC is really our weakest platform. So on mobile, iOS and Android is really great. And then we have a virtual reality build that's also is amazing because you just you're just flying and it's so immersive and you don't really think about a lot of other things that you can do. But PC, there's this tradition that we taught people that it's really important what you can do. Uh, so, so we don't get those questions and those kind of like on the very high end and then on handheld. Yes. But on PC, it's somewhere in between. That uh, a little bit weaker than the other builds, I think. Right, right, right. So, what um, what is your plan now? So, you, it's been out since September. Where what yes. are we? April. So it's about eight months now. It's been out. So, where 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 do you go from here? How do you get it out in a bigger way? Uh. <laughs> or is that the golden question? <laughs> yeah. We, no, yeah, we have to finish it first and foremost. So yeah. there's some like a lot of polish missing and a few features and I think especially on uh, on handheld we have some some good allies that I can talk about and okay. uh, yeah so but on PC we yeah we're hoping we can be, make a big splash when it kind of like goes from early access to uh, regular release. We did hire like a, a, a PR firm uh, oh, yeah. last year during for the early access release. Um, but yeah, that, that's going to be difficult to kind of like make a second release, I guess. Yes. Um, but for mobile, we're hoping to make a splash again, and also for VR. But we'll see. Okay. Yeah. okay. Did that? Did, did, did I mean? Uh, did, did you find the PR helped? Yes. It did help a lot. Yes, yeah. it did. Okay. He, he got to be. Uh, it was at the same time that we went to Gamescom in Germany, so we got a lot of. He, he made a lot of press appointments for us. Yeah. He got us into the Guardian. Yeah, and rock uh, paper shotgun. And uh, like four articles in rock paper shotgun. Oh wow! On the podcast and uh, PC Gamer. Okay. And uh, yeah, a lot of we got a lot yeah. of nice press actually for an early access release. I would say. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Future was friend. Future friends. Future yeah. friends. It's located in Brighton. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They did a really great job for us. Yeah. So and on rock, rock paper shotgun and the guard and all these people, they're all picking it up. What's their kind of? What's their take on it? What's the main thing you're getting in terms of feedback from these people for your game? Uh, well, we we have a really clear labeling of the product as like kind of a meditative flying game or like a relaxing game, and uh, so they I think they picked up on that very yeah. on, on our talking points very much. So they they kind of bought the premise of the game uh, without you know criticizing it or uh, making fun of it. You know, so they took it very seriously. I I thought. 
so I thought I was uh, very nice to see. Okay. Because when we started doing it, like and showing it at GDC and those places, there was a lot of game designers. I mean, everybody was like, "Yes, this is nice, but you know what is the goal?" You know. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But at GDC in the, in the states. Yeah. Yeah. But that obviously is, is um, without trying to label a whole nation, they like shooting stuff yeah. in their games out there. So maybe that's a market that's hard because you within any big market there are smaller markets because mm -hmm. what you're doing it's a very um you know it's, it's quite a, a meditative like you say meditative but peaceful yeah. approach to a game which is very opposite yes from the majority of games yeah i, I mean looking at games understand why it's so much violence because violence works you know it's, it's a good it's very effective. If you want to have a goal and suspense and excitement in your game, just put in some violence and yeah. threat mm -hmm. of annihilation and all that, and it's like it kind of works easily. Okay. Yeah. I it's much harder to make a good peaceful game than a good violence true. game. Yeah. I think for the for the expos, we kind of we used the first GDC two years ago to get some uh, really good contacts. Okay. Uh, because it's kind of like it's a very uh, professional-oriented con uh, conference towards other game developers. There's not a lot of consumers there. Yes. And then we took it there last year, and we realized actually we had all the contacts we need now. Or uh, you can never have that, but we didn't really have the same activity level because we had built that network for the game. So that's why we didn't take it this year. We thought, okay, that thing is, is uh, we have that almost in place for the professionals. But what we really need to do is take it to consumer events like Rest and like Gamescom we did last year and that sort of stuff. Because the audiences are so different. We would love to take it also to PAX, for example, but yeah, we, we haven't done that yet. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mostly because of the prices. Because yeah. in a consumer show, you can like see people playing it, yeah. and you can change stuff in the evening, <laughs> and then you know, try again and see what, if it works better or worse. So you can have this really quick iterative process. Yes. Yeah. So you mean like sort of changing some of the code by yeah. the time yeah. in the evening? Try oh, right. new stuff and, and and just you know get very immediate feedback on what you're doing. Okay. Because like uh, consumers, they will just tell you straight out, you know, what yes. you think. And uh, I feel game designers more will pr project their ideas onto you. And for the first two years I was making this game, I I, I had it out in open beta or open alpha, and people could download it on the phone and try it. And I got a lot of feedback, a lot of people yeah. trying to impose gameplay on it. And I tried everything, you know. And oh, really? Uh, well, you took on those suggestions? Yeah, you, yeah, you... I tried different stuff, you know, because I was, when I started making it, then I was, then I, okay, I need some gameplay, you know, because I was all in this mindset. Yes. But then later I, I kind of discovered that, you know, this works also without gameplay. And people make their own objectives in the sense that they can, they, they, yeah, they make little small goals they can do, you know, skim over the water, go through that hole and that hole. And, and try to make these kind of maneuvers and, and things so that that gave them satisfaction, you know. Okay. I think that's also why like uh, early access from a feedback point of view has been so valuable for us because they will really tell us what they think. So yes. and consumers and we have a really great Discord and people are giving us feedback. So we made the, a lot of changes based on that since it came out on okay. early access. Yeah. Oh, that wow. has been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So obviously you guys aren't overly sensitive about about criticism, which is important. No, no, no. That you no. can take that on because it's like you know, as a stand-up comedian, when I write a joke and that, 
I don't want someone to criticize, yes. even if it's shit, I want to alter it myself. And that's just, you know, a lot of comics are like that with babies. But you guys can take that on board. Has, has anyone suggested um, there'd be rabbits and then you can swoop down and kill the rabbit? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people want survival elements. Yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah. But I said that's not going to happen with this game. <laughs> no, yeah. what, about, what about mating and having eggs? And yes, uh, some mating, uh, like we have this procedural avatar thing going on, so okay. we can morph between all the different avatars. Yes. So just yesterday I got this idea, okay, you can just take two two different avatars and you can mate them together. You know, I could make a little system for that and you can get like eight offsprings. That's and great. And you can choose two of them and mate those again. And yes. you know, instead of going in, because we have an avatar editor, yeah. but instead of going in and uh, pulling all the sliders, you know, you could just mate different animals together and pick the ones you like. So. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. So you kind of create, it's almost like a, a, a Sims, creating families, <laughs> yeah. but animals and the ability to use the animals characteristics yeah it's been really difficult for us I think with the feedback because when we especially when we talk to publishers because there's a lot of publishers they're like oh wow it's so powerful the flying the way the game looks and then they say but what can you do in this game and and you kind of like you stand in front of this experienced business person that really wants the best for you and might down the line want to make a business deal for you with you and they're saying but it needs more interaction and you know nearly across the board they all say that they uh, kind of because there's not a lot of games out in that spirit and uh, it's very difficult to stand there and kind of say but this is what they you know it's an experiential game with it's uh, the, in that moment it's very difficult to kind of like stay true I think at least for me yes to uh, or at least standing across you have this person in front of you that has so much experience and they want to help you and maybe give you money and still say you know this is not what the game is right. and you can see that become a little bit frustrated with you because they think oh you you're uh, <laughs> yeah why, why don't you just tweak it a little bit? Why don't you add some shooting, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or just like, yeah, so I had also a person today, you know, and they were like, they were changing some of their other own games based on this, you know, where they thought they didn't have enough interaction. Um, yeah, it's very difficult. And they clearly went away a little bit frustrated with me. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the battle between commercial, kind of commercially making something work, uh -huh. and, and then having your artistic vision for it. I mean, do, do, is, there, is there a bit of a fight there, do you think, in order to get this bigger, there'll be a bit of a fight between those two things? Not necessarily, I think. I mean, we are, we are also pro-interaction. We just want to do it differently. Yeah. So we want to have interactions with animals, um, physical interactions also. So you can bump into animals, you can kind of do this bowling with the penguins in the, in the polar biome, stuff like that. You know, fun little things you can figure out for yourself. Okay. Uh, or scare away animals with your screwish week, you know, and stuff like that. And okay. Just have fun and explore and, yeah. Oh, so yeah. these, these are things you, you yeah. are, were planning to implement? Yeah, but more open-ended than kind of like specific rules, you know? So, yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So we want, we want to try to find emergent uh, kind of stories that, uh, that um, the player can experience, you know? And, and, um, uh, but we want it systemic, you know? We want to build it up from small building blocks and try to make it w work within a bigger whole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what? Um, when is it? Have you got a planned kind of finish date? 
um, like first finished date. Like this is this is basically the first version. Before you know, we might add things in the future. But yeah, no, we have a because it's taken so long. We have a huge Trello board with things oh, yes. like kind of like a project management system online. Yes, we we can see things that we really want in the game, and we mark those features. And I think once we cover. Those most of those, and we, and it doesn't take us too long. Of course, they prioritize, then, then we, it's done. You know, I think after three and a half, four years now, you've been working on it, and I've been on it for two and a half years. Okay. There's no date anymore. You know, I'm not getting paid for this anymore. Now I'm kind of like part of. I have a share in the project, and we just want to make a nice game. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so that's the main priority, at least for me. I think. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But. We hope to have it up before September. Yeah. All right. So you have set a date. Yeah, but you know we set dates before, and like the first date I set was like summer of 2015. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's that's why I'm saying it this way, you know. So it really really has to be done this year. But we also have some things that we really want in it, and I think. Getting getting those top things on the list in are more important than the deadline. And then we have some things in the back end that you may we may be able to drop. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. There's some things that really need to be in place for it to be kind of a finished product or yeah. released. But I mean, obviously, like uh, I mean, Johan, I, I, I don't know what past titles you worked on because it's your own company. Have you worked? On other people's projects in the same no, way. No, this is my second game. So I, I the first game, uh, I, it was just a hobby project for me because okay. I'm not really a game developer, or I wasn't. A few years back, I was working with film and television. Oh. And before that, graphic design. So I come from like different background really. But when I was young, I did some programming. So I just started picking that up again, and I had a really good time learning OpenGL and just learning stuff by online tutorials yes and uh, it kind of came to me that I wanted to pursue this so, okay yeah okay so I never worked on anybody else's game or for anybody else right right uh, I don't think that would work really good because my skill set is very kind of you know narrow in a sense untraditional un like yeah you, you yeah. picked it up yourself yeah, yeah it's not I, I can't really do like everything I can do if you give me a canvas to paint on I can do that you know it's, okay yeah but I can't really make the canvas per se you know? <laughs> I understand but where, where is um, Gorm you, you come from a more conventional path because you worked on like Limbo for example yeah I worked on a lot of games before yeah this is my 16th game yeah wow. so yeah, so, so I, I guess I have that kind of like computer science background and I, I help Johan build the canvas. Okay. Say, yeah. I've also done some game design things before, but I haven't really... I think where we complement each other is um, I'm kind of like... I've been making games for a long time, but never really maybe had the f focus to believe in my own ideas. So I always start contracting and things. And Johan, he has the focus, you know, so he's like, no, this is what I want to do. And then he just kind of like yes. goes in that direction, and in that way maybe we complement each other. We learn from each other. I, I hopefully can pick up some of his focus and believe in my own ideas <laughs> in the future. And and he, I teach him. We help. I help him with like the frame, building the frame, you know, so of the game. Yes, yes. Teaching me good programming practices. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> yeah. But that's that's the way it is, isn't it? In a, in a partnership, you've got maybe one person who's the, who is the driver. Yeah. And then you've got another person who brings other skill sets, quite specialist yeah. skill sets. 
Yeah, yeah that's definitely how this project has been. Yeah. Like Gorm has brought it from like a little hobby project to a full featured game basically on like we're gonna hit like almost 10 platforms i think oh wow so i, I could never have made that work on myself you yes know? it would be just ios for me though but but at the moment it is just the two of you doing it uh, programming so we have a we have a sound designer also okay. Martin, and uh, th this guy uh, i met online uh, he was just you know he said oh i like your first game melodive and uh, i want to work with you and uh, so this was very early like three years ago and i said okay i need voxel animals you know animated and he's like what is that <laughs> i showed him and he started doing it it was really crap but like after a month or two he started to get into it and now like uh, three years later it's really good it's like the best in the world, I think, to make frame-by-frame frame voxel animations, which not many people do. So, right, yeah. right, right. Is, it, is that because it's a new? Is this a new technology? No, it's not new, but it's not. People don't really animate that way, you know. It's like 3D pixel art, so it takes a lot of time and. Uh, and, uh, but for me at the time, since I made my own engine, I, I, that was the way to, for me to get animations into the game. I, did, I mean, starting making a bone animation system, I, it was you know, way out of my scope or reach at the time. Okay. So it was good with just you know, frame by frame animated uh, stuff. So he started doing that, now he made like almost 200 animals. Okay. Yeah, fully yeah. animated. <laughs> right, right, yeah. and that's why it's... F so this is a longer process than, than traditionally? Yeah, 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 I would say so. I mean, I mean, it's simpler in some sense, but it's also very hard to get right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You only have four or five frames, you know, and yeah. very blocky graphics. You, know, you really need to take very care in the coloring and the placement of the blocks. Okay. It's basically like uh, pixel graphics from yeah. the 80s, you could say, when if you play like Prince of Persia or something from that time, you know, it, the main character doesn't have a lot of frames, any of the uh, enemies. So this is also how our animals, animals are. Each animation has maybe between two and six frames on average. Oh wow, okay. Uh, yeah, and that includes kind of like running or flying, wings up and down, and yeah, mm. it looks great. He's really good, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I mean... Playing it certainly is. You know, it looks great. Mm. It looks great. Um, well, guys, I mean, so September, we're looking at that. That hopefully that is your date. Mm -hmm. It's gonna go out. Um, ish. 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 <laughs> okay. Maybe before, but probably not. <laughs> okay. Um, and it's it's available on Steam. Fuel, yes. Fuel. F U G L. Yes. F U G L. Well, guys, look. Thanks for chatting to me. Sure. Um, I, I hope the game works out. And it, and it yeah, it will. Yeah. it will. Yeah, slow, but it's coming. I think yes. so too. It's uh, yeah. No, at least, I mean, if we don't get rich of it, I think it's a big. Uh, for me, at least, I feel it's a big artistic accomplishment. Uh, for me, so I, I'm happy about that. And as long as there's people out there who likes it, and I mean, we got feedback that people use it to, you know, people with anxiety problems and mm. stuff like that. Oh wow! It's really helpful for them. Um, for me, that is, that, you know, if I can help people by making games, that is super good. I think. Okay. I've never been in a position before that that happened. And I've never been in a position, I made films and stuff like that before, but I've never been in a position where you get this direct feedback on what you do. And I find that really inspiring. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Mm. Because the filmmaking process is so long and arduous and you can't put something out until no. it's produced. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But here, you know, they criticize, you change, they criticize, change, yes. you know, they give you praise. And, uh, 
yeah. So, I like it a lot. Good feedback system, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, look, Johan, we're doing a handshake on yep. the podcast. Yeah. No one will ever see. <laughs> Thank you. Do it Thank you for everyone. having us. <laughs> no problem. And best of luck with the game. Yeah. Thank you. So Fugal will be out very shortly, if it's not already by the time this podcast is out. Um, it's certainly there is a lot of uh, stuff out there about it. Um, there's a demo up online at least. So have a look and uh, come back next week. We'll have more people talking about whatever games that they're developing or involved with. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me because you can come on the podcast because you, you work in the video games industry, love to chat to you. You can find me via my website, fatcomedian.com. I will see you next time. Mm-hmm.